Good morning. I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our LinkedIn cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, this is uh, the recovering car dealer, Earl, uh, live. You listen to my recorded introduction, uh, and we're ready for another show. <clears throat> Excuse me. Exciting times we're in. Nobody in the world isn't aware of the uh, coronavirus, and we're not going to talk about that today. It might be a nice relief for a couple hours. We're going to talk about how you can buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by car dealers. Also, uh, we're going to be answering a lot of questions. Uh, It's going to be a busy morning, so uh, stay tuned. I think you're going to get something out of the show. We have a caller holding already. Buddy, keep on holding. You're our first caller. If you just stay on there, we'd like to introduce the folks in the studio and let everybody know, maybe new to the show, who we are. Uh, Probably, I believe, holding right now, we have Nancy Stewart. Uh, Nancy hasn't called in yet. She will call in shortly. Nancy is my co-host been with me for these 17 years we've been doing this show that's right it's a long time we started out as a half an hour show and uh, we evolved into what we are today two hours we're on from 8 to 10 this morning every Saturday Uh, we have Rick Kearney uh, who I mentioned earlier uh, and Rick uh, is one of the most qualified auto technicians I never know what to call him Uh, some of you folks call him a mechanic uh, sometimes Rick calls himself a grease monkey. I think he's kind of self-deprecating, but that's okay. He laughs. But whatever it is, he's a, he's a computer scientist, and that's what cars are today, a computer on wheels. I know you've got some questions about the operation of a car. I've got uh, questions about my car, and I've been in the business for 50 years. Cars are complex today, and when they break or make noises or you know bother you in some way, Oftentimes, you can't diagnose it yourself. Rick, if you call in, Rick will diagnose that. Uh, In the audience also, in the studio, I should say, is Stu Stewart, my son. Uh, He also runs my dealership, Earl Stewart Toyota. And I say that because I don't want you to think I'm hiding the fact I'm a car dealer. I am an active car dealer. But this show is not an infomercial. This show is uh, consumer advocacy to help you and uh, help you uh, find out how you can navigate that minefield of buying and maintaining your car without getting in trouble. Because car dealers, a lot of them, too many of them, are waiting for you, and it can be a bad experience. Uh, Stu is also uh, going to talk to you about our mystery shopping report. And uh, Oh, we do have Nancy on the line now, so I'm going to put Nancy on because she's very special, uh, not just being my co-host and my wife, uh, my partner, but uh, she's a female advocate. So good morning, Nancy. Uh, how about telling the folks out there what your specialty is with respect to our female audience? I'd love to. Good morning, everybody, and good morning to everyone in the studio. Morning, Nancy. One more week off. 
good morning, and I will be back. And uh, I'm here this morning to let all of you know that I hope we're, a, well, a great distraction for you this morning with everything that's going on. So it's going to be a great show, a uh, great mystery shopping report. And uh, ladies, I have something special for you as a consumer of it. I, uh, I kind of stay close to the ladies and what's going on out there and hear from a lot of you throughout the week. So I have a few texts to share uh, with uh, Earl Stewart on cars, and we'll get to those later. But ladies, uh, this morning we have $50 for the first two new lady callers. Yes, you're pretty special. And uh, I thank you for helping me build this platform for women. The show certainly has gone in a different direction, and we certainly have accumulated uh, quite a few lady callers. So there you go. And uh, if you would just like to share an opinion or ask us a question, you can do so by texting us at 772-497-6530. So as I said earlier, it's going to be an exciting show. We've got a great mystery shopping report we'll get to later on in the show from Southern 441 Nissan. And uh, Earl, back to you. Okay, Nancy, thank you very much. Um, Let's uh, talk a little bit about... uh, Oh, we got a caller. Let's get to Buddy. That's what we got to do. Are you still holding, Buddy? Buddy, you're on the line. I am. Good morning. How are you? Well, great. How are you doing? Thanks for calling. Good. I've been listening to you for 17 years. Wow. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a geezer. I'm an old geezer. Well, that makes two and of us. One thing I have found over time that the car pro, uh, car buying process gets nastier and nastier. Yeah. Why is it so painful? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, we're we're together on that, buddy. I I would think that it would it would improve. I think realistically, it has gotten a little bit better, but not much. It's still they still have. You'll see from our mystery shopping report later. Uh, it's a bad one, and you wonder how these dealerships exist today. I have a couple of specific questions. Uh, I'm in negotiation now. How much does a uh, a car dealer make on a forty thousand dollar car? That's a great question, and it's a it's a complicated question. And if you've been listening to me and you know me as you do, I'm not tap dancing here. I'm not going to try to um, give you a smoke and mirror answer. Two thousand dollars. <laughs> uh, the average, there, there's something called the gross profit, and that is what we mark up the car from our cost and sell it for car dealers, new car dealers. And the average markup, and if you want to include the finance insurance profit in there, then you're probably talking around somewhere $1,000. With, with finance insurance, probably around $2,000. Yeah, $2,000. Uh, so we separate the finance and insurance. Uh, it is only added it's not really added to the price of the car but it becomes a cost to you if you pay cash or you use your own financing then the average markup is about half of that which is about a thousand dollars so uh and then if you look at net profit because now you got your overhead expenses you've got to pay the salesman a commission you've got to pay your light bill uh, you've got to pay for your advertising all these little expenses that are charged to the new car department bring the actual profit on a new car down to about $400, but that's in a successful dealership. 
many dealerships, and I'm going to say about half or more, don't make any money in the new car department. The new car department has become uh, like cell phones. When they first uh, started out, they were uh, a profit on the cell phone, and later on, the cell phones are practically being given away. I'm not saying cars are being given away, but the bottom line is, buddy, is that the profit on a new car is very, very low. The bad part about that is it could be for buyer A very high and buyer B extremely low. We're talking averages here. An uneducated consumer can come in there and pay a car dealer five dollars or $10,000 in profit. A very sophisticated uh, buyer can come in and actually buy the car at cost or actually below cost. And I know that's a lot more than you wanted to hear, but I had to give you a complete honest answer. So if you're negotiating a good deal for yourself, what percentage off the MSRP uh, would it be? Would it be 10% off the MSRP, 15%? What would it be? Buddy, you can't use the MSRP uh, discount criteria unless you are looking at the exact same vehicle and shopping and comparing. If you want to buy a Ford Taurus, and you go to Ford dealer A, and he gives you a 10% discount, you got to go to Ford, Ford dealer B and look at the exact same car and see what discount he'll give you. And be sure that you're looking at the MSRP and not the addendum label or the dealer list price, and get at least three or four of those. The biggest discount you get on that Ford Taurus will be your best buy. The reason I say that is discounts off of cars vary. Uh, a big truck... Uh, can have a 25 or 30 percent discount. A small car, um, uh, you know, a mini car type of thing, could only have a 10 percent discount, a full discount over MSRP. What's the difference between an MSRP and a, a market value selling price? Market value is a smoke and mirror term invented by car dealers to make you discount the MSRP. The MSRP, Manufacturer's Suggested Retail Price, also known as the Monroney label, is is the only accurate list, you know, retail price. It's not a cost, it's a retail price. And it was put into effect in 1958 so that the consumer, the car buyer, new car buyer, would have an apples and apples criteria. You, you take the same year make model car with the same MSRP and you can buy it from the dealer that gives you the biggest discount off of that MSRP. If you get a quote and they're talking about market value selling price, should you then say, uh, that doesn't mean anything to me, I need the MSRP? Exactly. It's federal law that you know the MSRP. If a car dealer takes the MSRP Monroney label off a new car, he's subject to fine, large fine, thousands of dollars. they try to obfuscate, they try to hide it. Uh, they'll put a phony Monroney, I call them, a fake uh, addendum label next to it. They'll call market adjustment, as you say, and they'll also add overpriced accessories. And they do. Our, if you stay tuned to our mystery shopping report later in the show today, we shopped Southern 441 Nissan, and they added a $1,700 addendum label to the MSRP to smoke and mirror confuse the buyer. Um, In giving a car buyer a quote, there are certain items that they have on the sales sheet that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. What are 
taxable fees, and uh, in parentheses, estimated. What is that? That is, uh, that's a great uh, fine for you, buddy, because it's the newest term I've seen for the dealer fee. Uh, years ago, they actually called the hidden addition to the cost a dealer fee. And when the dealer fee became a common term, they started going away from that and creating new terms. And they created new terms, which is, all, they're all additional profit, hidden profit to the dealer. They call them dock fees, uh, electronic filing fees, uh, administration fees. But the very latest is what you just said, taxable fees. If a fee is taxed, it's not a government fee. If a fee is taxed, it is profit to the dealer, and he's just decided he wants to call it a fee and hide it and <laughs> surprise you when you sign on the dotted line. What is a non-tax fee? Non-tax fee are legitimate. A non-tax fee is like sales tax or your license and registration that are paid to the Department of Motor Vehicles. Okay. They seem to always want... On top of everything else, they always want a dealer fee. Yes. A dealer fee. Yes. And according to Earl Stewart Law, you never pay a dealer fee. Exactly. Yeah. The whole purpose of the dealer fee is to hide it. Because when you advertise a car, you negotiate, you talk to a customer, they say, how much is this car? And you tell them, or you put it online. The whole process, you never see the hidden fees. And then when you're ready to sign in, oftentimes you never know about that because it's buried with taxable fees, electronic filing fees, tag agency fees. And so it goes through the computer and you sign. And when the smoke clears, and maybe the smoke never clears, but when you get home a few days later, you look at the paperwork and you find a thousand or two thousand dollars and things you can't identify. And that's exactly the reason for the dealer fee. Boy, that's something else. That is. Um, there, there's something else. Um, I went to a dealer and uh, I wasn't happy with the quote. And he put it in writing, and then he called me, and he lowered the price by $2,000. Sure. This is over the phone, but mm -hmm. he won't put that new quote in writing. What do you make of that? Well, it's because they aren't going to honor the quote, and it can be, you know, it's he said, she said, if they try to uh, um, bump you um, a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars. You, you'll very rarely see a car dealer put anything in writing until you're ready to sign and drive the car home. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of car dealerships, the salesmen are instructed, if you give the customer a price in writing, like on a buyer's order, and give it to him and let him take it with him, the salesman will be fired. The whole way dealers exist and make profits is by raising the price beyond what their competition would charge you. If they give you a written price and you take that out and you put it in your pocket and go to their competitor, the competitor will beat the price nine times out of ten. So once they give you a firm price, and a price in writing is a firm price, uh, they feel like they're going to lose the business, and they probably will. A technique that some people use in uh, negotiating for a car, they ask for, for the factory invoice for mm -hmm. the car, mm -hmm. the price that the dealer paid, and uh, sometimes they're forthcoming, they'll give you that, yes. but I'm amazed at how little the dealer makes. 
according to that, there must be other incentives that they receive from uh, from the manufacturer on top of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Buddy, uh, Stu, my son Stu would like to answer that question for you. Hey, buddy. Yeah. It wouldn't hurt to take a look at the invoice, uh, but you got to be an expert on knowing how to read it. There's a lot of hidden things in there. So I can address, like, Toyota new car invoices. Um, if you know where to look, it'll show you some of these kickbacks that come back to the dealer that is additional profit. If you just look at the line, it'll tell you that the cost of the car is $25,000. Then there's a paragraph a little bit lower that shows the amounts of various, uh, they call them holdbacks, but they're really kickbacks. But you're absolutely right. There are other monies that are coming back to the dealer that do not appear on the um, on that invoice. There's advertising credit. There's gasoline credit. Uh, there's incentives. It's stair-step incentives. There's all sorts of money. So that's a document that could be useful, but it's very incomplete. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. In uh, making the deal, uh, once you agree on things, then they really open their bag of tricks and they try to sell you Add-ons. Yes. Yeah. Dealer installed accessories. What are really necessary add-ons after you've made the deal? None. Sales tax. Uh, I'll add the word virtually. Uh, the whole purpose of the dealer installed accessories is to have something with a high perceived retail value with a very, very low cost. Nitrogen and tires is an example. Dealers will charge anywhere from 200 to 800 or whatever they can get away with to put nitrogen in your tires, which is totally worthless and which costs them pennies. Um, there are a lot of things, uh, window tent, uh, there's a, uh, you know, really you think of window tent stripes, tent. yeah, exactly. Should window tint be um, be gotten? The window tint. I would I would have any accessory that the factory could not provide. I would wait and add it after I bought the car. If you want to tint the windows on your car, you can find window tenters. You're going to get a competitive bid, someone with a high Google rating that does good work, and let them do it. Your price will be probably half what the dealer would charge you. Same thing with pinstripes. Any accessory that you want on a car. You get a better quality product, too, if you do it that yeah, way. Exactly. You'll better get a higher quality, and you get a lower price. The dealers, the accessories, the dealer install accessories are a huge profit center, just like the finance department is a huge profit center. You come in to buy a car, and next thing you know, they're selling you window tent and nitrogen in the tires and road hazard insurance. Paint sealant. Paint sealant. Fabric sealant. <laughs> the, the list the is endless. Mother guards. <laughs> what do you think the manufacturers are going to do in today's climate? Are they going to have uh, tremendous extras like zero percent financing they already do yeah they're they're doing zero percent that's uh, almost commonplace now uh leasing they're pushing leasing because uh they make more money when they lease a car simply because it, the lessee releases or not buys another car when they buy a car, when they lease a car far more often if they sell the car uh, they, they don't have the return business um Car dealers also make a lot more money on leases. But, yeah, the manufacturers are scrambling just like the dealers are. It's a very competitive business, and uh, people are worried about uh, the future, uh, successful future of the car business. Uh, Manufacturers and dealers are worried about that. What suggestions do you have for negotiating a good deal for yourself? 
competition. Um, all dealers have a common disease. They're insanely competitive. And there's usually two or three or four dealers of the same make in the same marketplace within, you know, 25 or 30 miles. And if you take, once you decide the car you want to buy, you want to buy a Honda Civic, uh, there's four Honda dealers in the market, this local market, Palm Beach County, with an easy driving distance. I would I would go to Consumer Reports. I would I would decide exactly which Honda a Civic I wanted with the accessories and the MSRP, and then I would go to each Honda dealer, either online or by phone. And if you really want to, if you're a tough guy, you can go in person. I prefer online, and get their out the door price from four different Honda dealers and let them know that you're shopping and comparing. If you do that, you'll get the very best price on that Honda Civic, probably the lowest price they sold that vehicle for all month. There are some car dealers that will offer you a coupon, a $250 coupon for test driving Bunk. a car. Is that legitimate? No, it's a, it's a uh, way to get you in the door. They just mark the car up by 250 and then give you a coupon to mark it down again by 250 Coupons, uh, uh, the freebies, you know, come in and get a, uh, you know, watch or a, whatever they're giving away. They, they have a drawing and you always win something. And it's kind of like dealer installed accessories. It sounds good, but when they put it in your hand and you see what you want, it might be worth five bucks, I mean, maybe 10 bucks to get you in the door. The recovering car dealer is terrific. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I enjoyed the call. Uh, I enjoyed hearing from an educated consumer like you, buddy. Please call again. Thank you. Bye. Okay, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And Texas is 772-497-6530. That text number is 772 772- Four nine seven six five three zero, and we've got another caller. We've got Tina from Bonita Springs. Hi, Tina. Tina from Bonita. <laughs> hey, how are y'all doing this morning? We're doing fine. I, I'm glad you called because we got Nancy out of action still, and uh, you're the you're the second oh. most strong female advocate I know. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. That last phone call, as the kids say nowadays, was epic. Mm. Anybody that's wanting to buy a car needs to when their recording comes out they need to listen to this episode they have to it's it's a must listen that was fabulous he's a good guy but he knows his stuff yeah it, it was really good um i thought i'd bring to your attention today like okay this is the season of course every season really is the season for car dealers to hawk every kind of vehicle that they have for great advertised prices and there's one thing one trend I noticed with one particular dealer here on the west coast of Florida that makes my blood kind of run cold. Bring in your IRS tax refund. We can get you into a new car. And I'm thinking this is, for, for one thing, it's taking advantage, it's taking unfair advantage of uh, economically dis- disadvantaged people. Yeah. I can't think of another term for that. But it's taking advantage of people that really don't have the money to be burning. Exactly. And once that tax refund is gone, it is gone. You are not getting one penny of that back. Yeah. And you could be paying all kinds of fees. You could be paying a high dealer fee. And by the time you pay the dealer fee, your well, tax that... refund is eaten up completely. So I, I hate hearing bring in your tax refund. Please don't bring in your tax refund. Bring exactly. in a friend. Exactly. And look there at the fine print and read all the numbers and make a decision there. But... Once that money's history, there's no getting it back. 
Great advice, Tana. While, while you were talking, I held up a full-page ad by Roger Dean Chevrolet. It sounds like I'm picking on Roger Dean, because, but he's one of the few dealers that advertise in the newspaper anymore. But it's exactly what you're talking about. Double your cash refund, uh, your tax refund. Double your tax refund if you come into Roger Dean. And it's smoke and mirrors. It's nonsense. Uh, it's just a way to exploit all those people that are anxiously waiting uh, for the tax refund. I think they even have a form. Uh, Stu, is this right? They have a form when you come in that they'll actually, you can assign your tax refund in writing before you get it? I think so. I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah I yeah. think they're doing that. It's about as low as you can go, uh, as you said, Tina, taking advantage of those people that can least afford it. Yeah. Is it okay if I mention the dealership? Oh, please. Yeah. We'd love to do that. Uh, Fusilo Kia. Kia. Fusilo. Fusilo. It's going to be a huge job. <laughs> yeah. He, he is. He's the largest Kia dealer in the United States. He says he is. He says he is. Right. Then, there's, then there's like, there's another one like Planet Kia. There's another one. They're like in a death battle, like who, who's claiming the crown of the top Kia dealer in the United States. But he he does outsell the Toyota dealer in that market. Yes. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he sells like four or 500 Kias. Oh, he sells a ton of them. I just think it's funny that there's there, there's two Kias that are making competing claims for the title. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you, Tina. That's uh, you yeah. You're, you got you got one of the biggest flim flam guys in the market in your market. Yeah, it's like come see me for a car that may catch fire at some point. Mm. <laughs> oh boy! I'd love to get a TV commercial uh, and play it on the air for a minute. He's a he's a classic. He's one of the. You remember remember uh, fast was it. Uh, uh, Fast Eddie from New York years or, or ago. Cra crazy Eddie or something Crazy like that. Eddie, yeah. He, he's in, there's, there was a guy in California, too, but this guy, what's his name again? Fucillo. 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 He is, uh, he's a legend. He's a classic. And he's he, from Long Island, I think, originally. Yeah. And he's opened up some stores down in Florida. Yeah. You know, if, if, if your television ad is deceptive enough, but it's entertaining, and it is actually, people watch it because they want to be entertained. Yeah. And then, if enough people do that, there's going to be those that will actually succumb and go and buy a car. Yeah, he was advertising, like, entire vacation packages when you buy a new Kia. Exactly. <laughs> well, Tina, thank you oh, very much screen, for the call. Big yeah, big screen TV, too. You can't forget the big screen TV. Oh, yeah. Don't people know that <laughs> when, you look at the, when you look at the numbers and see the inflated cost that you're actually paying for the big screen right. TV, just go to Walmart right. and get one for half price. Yeah, you didn't get a free TV. You bought a car and a TV. Yes. <laughs> That's what you did. <laughs> exactly. No such, thing as a, no such thing as a free lunch. Well, Tana, thanks again for uh, being there for us and for the ladies in the audience and for Nancy. And uh, please call again next week. Thank you. Thanks, and Tina. Sending love to you, Nancy. Hopefully, you'll feel better soon, hon. Thank you. Bye bye. Okay, we've got another call. Let me give that number out again 877 960 9960. We love you to call. We love to hear your voice. 877 960 9960. And for those of you that don't want to call for whatever reason, you can text us at 772 497 6530. Or even better. If you're really feeling shy, exactly. youranonymousfeedback.com. I always forget that. Yeah, www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Very good. And I think we have another caller. We have Bob in Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I am a fan of Earl Stewart uh, Toyota. 
Thank you. Uh, I am on my third uh, 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 Camry. Oh. And I have a couple of points to make about that Camry. I bought that Camry uh, last April uh, 2018 uh, used from your lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, there are two things I'd like to discuss about it. The first thing I ran into uh, after driving the car was a rough shifting transmission. Mm. Um, I went to my uh, my assistant service manager uh, at your company, mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Goldberg, mm -hmm. and he said, well, they have had uh, software updates on that. In fact, we installed one in there before you bought the car, and there'll be more coming down the road. So... I said, okay, I'll wait for that, and went along all right. Then in February of this year, for the second time that I've owned a Camry, I was backing out of a parking space at a restaurant and intending to go into drive. Mm -hmm. But before I could do that, the car kept going back, so I hit the brakes and mm -hmm. nothing happened. Mm -hmm. Hit the brakes and nothing happened. This happened four or five times Eventually, wow. I hit a car. And I had moderate damage to my Camry, which was expertly repaired by your body shop. It looks terrific. So at, what I did was I wrote a letter to Toyota. Well, actually, I called Toyota mm -hmm. and I explained the problem to them. And in two days, I had a call from a very uh, professional lady who said that she was assigning a technician from an up, up, uh, a subcontractor in Michigan who would be coming, uh, would be talking to me hmm. before the end of the week. And he did. He called me, identified himself, and indicated he wants to look at uh, my car. I said, well, my car right now is at disposal at uh, Old Stewart Toyota. They're doing body work on it. Mm -hmm. uh, why don't you call... Uh, a certain gentleman at Earl Stewart, and he will let you know when the car will be available. He said, fine, he did that. So they've been, they were through this period in very good communication with me, both your company and uh, and the uh, inspector about when they would be in to do it. So we could go Friday, he came to your, your store, and he spent about five hours on my car. Hmm. When he got through, you should report to me, which I, buy, I got by email, which I cannot understand. Um, but essentially what I kind of gathered from it was that uh, there's nothing wrong with your car. Hmm. So I called him on the telephone, very fine gentleman. He indicated that I could, and I asked him about what was the bottom line. The bottom line was I didn't find anything wrong with your car. The brakes worked fine. Mm -hmm. Well, he spent five hours on that car. And when he got all through, the car runs better now than it ever ran from the day I bought it. Wow. He smoothed out the transmission. Mm -hmm. I think on one of your prior broadcasts, Rick mentioned a certain word that you fellows use. It sounds like a shock to the transmission and it snaps it back into what it should be doing. Maybe I misunderstood all of that. But in any case, he did that, and I'm really totally satisfied with the car. Well, thank you, Bob. And, uh, I appreciate that. I just that. wanted to indicate that one to you. Well, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's really a, a very good car. I loved it when I saw it. Uh, and, and the other thing that I learned from you a few weeks ago was that if you bought a white Camry, 
or maybe any any white Toyota mm-hmm. in the last couple of years, eighteen and on up, um, be aware of the fact that you have you may have paint coming off, mm-hmm. in which they will under warranty uh, fix it for you. Yes, that's uh, a... I'm not I'm not worried about that. I, I'm sure they will. I'm sure you'll honor it. Yeah. The other thing that did impress me here was the fact that uh, Toyota was very earnest and what they did. They didn't delay anything. Mm-hmm. They didn't stall. They went right on it, and they got to hear a guy. As soon as that car was ready to go, before it had even been cleaned by your cleaning people because it was very dirty inside, naturally, because of all the work they had to do on it, um, including welding and that sort of thing, um, he he got in there, and he did, he did his work. And uh, I'm, really, I'm really thankful for that. Well, Bob, so thanks. That, that I just wanted to let you know that maybe you know, listeners who may have had that problem because I ran into that problem once before with the 2008, mm-hmm. and again they they indicated there was nothing wrong with the, with the car, and um, I, I I'm not going to say they're whitewashing. I'm sure they're not. Well, I'm, well, the outcome I'm, is I'm good. Really, I'm, still, I'm, I'm still skeptical. I'm like you, you know. No, I feel like you do. I'm, I'm going to investigate this. Rick uh, will investigate it with me uh, because uh, I, I'm a happy your car is running well. I can see the uh, concern. I'd have the same concern. And uh, we will investigate this, and uh, hopefully we'll have an answer for you next week. Um, we'll talk to the service manager, the technicians. Uh, Rick wasn't involved in this, but uh, whoever was involved with it was a factory person. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll get you an answer, and if you call back in next week, we'll have it for you. Well, that's wonderful. I, I do appreciate it so much. All right, thank, uh, thank you, Bob. Great. I certainly didn't expect that when I called you, but oh, oh please I call. No, I, I, I I will call you again. I'll just add this quick note. I did some research too on my own, mm-hmm. and I went to what is it NHTSA or whatever it is, it's the government agency that controls car safety. And there have been instances in the past where this problem has been uh, brought to the surface. So I'm not alone in this. There are other people that have had it. It's not only Toyota either. There are other manufacturers Mm -hmm. that have had this problem. Where the, the, whatever it is, that that particular product that's in the car that controls the brakes. Exactly. can stop for a, for a bit, you know, just freeze up or whatever, like mm-hmm. computers do, I guess. And and uh, I know a fellow in the Navy, and he said they used to have that on their ships too. Sure. Uh, these devices used to freeze on them, and that's it. So anyway, I'll, I'll give you a buzz next Saturday. Okay, and, uh, we'll have an answer for you, Bob. And th- thanks very much. Have a great day. I think we have a you too, sir. another caller here. Let me give that number out: eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. That's a real telephone. 877-960-9960 for audio. Then we have the text, 772-497-6530. That text number again is 772-497-6530. And the caller. And we've got Warren from Pom- uh, Pompano Beach. Hey, Warren. Hey, how you doing, Earl? Doing great. How you doing? Hey, I got a question for you. I'm, yeah. Thinking about a car, and, and, and I'm months away, maybe even January. But tell me the difference between an Avalon and a Lexus. Why should I? Why should anybody pay more for a Lexus just because it has a little, you know, whatever on it? And when an Avalon, because I know somebody's got one, and mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't see the difference on it. And you're paying a lot more money. Like you obviously sell Avalons, not Lexus. 
So why should somebody get a Lexus when I could go into your place and get an Avalon? I'm just curious what the difference would be. Stu can give you an answer on that. He knows yeah. more well, about the product than I do. Well, we were hey Warren, uh, we, were, we were just talking about Avalons the other day, and, and like like we said, we don't want to be, be a commercial for Toyota or for the dealership, but Consumer Reports just came out and like rated the top uh, luxury uh, sedan. I'm out there right now, and the, the answer is there isn't a whole lot of difference. It, all I would say is maybe the 2020 Avalon is equivalent to maybe the 2017 or 2018 Lexus. They they tend to put some of the newer features, they try them out on Lexus first. Um, I guess I mean I think there's more power like in the LS uh, than the GS, which is comparable yeah. to the to the Avalon. So you might get some more power. But as far as like you know the quality and the fit and finish and just the feel of it, you're, you're, they're essentially the same car. But Warren, your your feeling is correct. It's a prestige thing. Um, people buy Lexus because it's a luxury car, and when they go out and have the valet parker uh, park their car or pick their car up, they like to say, "I have the black Lexus." They're it embarrassed to better see than the Toyota. Logo. I have a black Toyota, <laughs> and I've actually had friends of mine uh, who. Uh, called me and said, I, Earl, um, I want you to know that I bought cars from you for the past 20 years. My wife says she will not have a Toyota in our driveway, and she wants a Lexus. And so we're going to have to buy a Lexus and apologize. But that's uh, marketing, and that's the reason you have the Infiniti and the Nissan, and you have the Acura, and you have the uh, Honda, and you have the, uh, what is it, uh, Cadillac and the Chevrolet. So you have a luxury model for most of the manufacturers. People do it for prestige and status. Uh, well, the, the question about the Avalon is theoretically, if I went into your place or any place and said, look, I want the least, the least possible cost of an Avalon, okay, and the difference between the same that and going into a Lexus place and saying the same thing. I mean, how much difference? How much of a difference of money would I be saving? Let's say on leasing the cheapest Avalon you had and the cheapest Lexus you had. In the I'm, I'm gonna I'll shoot, a, I'll shoot a number out: yeah, two, or, two or three thousand dollars, and it would be even higher uh, if you went to a, a, a more expensive yeah. Avalon. Or on the lease payment, though, you're probably looking at a you know 150 to 100 dollars yeah. difference. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy difference. And before I forget to mention it, to maintain. And have your car service. If you go to a Lexus dealer, they will charge you an arm and a leg. Uh, oil change will cost you twice as much at a Lexus dealer as it will a Toyota dealer. It'll cost you twice as much uh, at a Cadillac dealer than a Chevrolet dealer. But you could take any General Motors product to a Chevrolet dealer, including Cadillacs. Take your Infiniti to a Nissan dealer, and take your Acura to a Honda dealer, and you'll save a ton of money in maintenance and repairs. Yeah. My, my cousin's got an Avalon, mm-hmm. and, you know, he got it. He, he's a lawyer, and one of his clients was a Toyota dealer up, in New, up here in New Jersey. And he had a left, what a, you know, I forgot what year it was, but it was January, and they still had the year before. And, but it was a great deal at the time. You know, but somebody said, you know, one of his colleagues said, well, you know, it's not a Lexus, it's an Avalon. I'm like, he could care less, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They just have it in their head that have a, a Lexus, it's like something better, even though it's the same car. Sure. That's, I, 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 guess, I guess you're right on it. If you want the status and the prestige, then you buy the luxury version. Uh, if you want practicality and economy and you want to get a value, you should buy the lower price spread. Rick has a point. Yeah, okay, so next, next question is, I'm just curious about one thing. You, you've talked about this like 100 times, but 
but I still don't understand. Why does a dealer make more money on a lease than they do on a car? I, I'm selling the car. Like, why Why is it? I mean, like, I don't, what is the mechanics of that? What, and if I go and, and lease the Lexus from you, or I go and, mm-hmm. I meant the Lexus, the Avalon, I go in and lease, buy the lease. Like, what? why would you make more money selling it than you would uh, leasing it than selling it? I'll ask Stu to explain that. He's, he's yeah. in the trenches. He knows exactly. Yeah, uh, but to answer your first question, I just looked this up, by the way. So the uh, uh, the comparable 2020 Lexus to the to the Avalon lease payment, their special they're running uh, locally is 549 a month with uh, 3000 out of pocket. The, the Toyota regional special for the Avalon is 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 like 420 so it's about $120 um, a month less for the same terms, pretty much. Um the, the, the reason why dealers make more, there's a couple of reasons why. One, Earl already mentioned, is that in the long run, they, people come back in and turn the car in every three years, and they get a chance to, as opposed to, what is the normal ownership, like eight, eight years now or longer? Probably 48 months, 50 months. Yeah, like. so, but the main reason is because the way leasing is presented to customers, uh, dealers tend to focus just on the payment. Uh, the selling price isn't really a factor that, that ever comes up in a conversation. It is disclosed to you in the finance department, and that the cap cost, as they call it, is actually the selling price. The way you can avoid the dealer making more money than necessary is to treat it like a purchase. And you negotiate using competitive bids, um, you negotiate the actual purchase price. And then once you have established that, then you say, all right, tell me what it is to lease it, and you tell them how much money out of pocket you want to come, and I wouldn't recommend going more than a couple of and thousand. Warren, another reason that is more profitable to the dealers is there's a lot more opportunity for the smoke and mirrors. You charge a lot more hidden fees when you lease a car. Uh, first of all, the lease payment advertised, you can never lease it with a zero out of pocket. Leases were invented for people that didn't want to come out of pocket. They all wanted to make a monthly payment. And then the dealers took the lease, which was a good thing if you could just make a monthly payment, and they bury down payments and they bar- bury other fees in the fine print. So when you lease a car, the first thing happens, instead of just a dealer fee or a hidden fee that the dealer normally, normally charges on the sale of a car, you have an acquisition fee and the dealer fee. So you pay an acquisition fee for close to $1,000, and you also pay a dealer fee. So there's two hidden fees. And when you dispose of the lease, you're going to have to pay a disposition fee unless you lease another car or buy another car from that same manufacturer. So they blackmail you to stay with them and buy another car or else you'll pay a disposition fee. And then on top of that, you're going to have to pay any kind of a ding, dent, stain, anything above normal wear and tear on that vehicle. If your tires are worn too much, if you have a scratch, if you have a stain on the upholstery, it is not uncommon to get a bill from the leasing company for a thousand or two thousand dollars. So you're, there's a lot of things that you don't know about that are hidden below the radar. Another one is the over mileage fee. When you lease the car, most people don't even know what the allowable mileage is. That was in the fine print. It could be 10,000 miles. It could be 15,000 miles. It could be 7,500 miles. And they can charge you 25 cents a mile when you go over that, and you don't realize it until you turn the car in. You can get a bill from them on over mileage in the thousands of dollars. So leasing is only for the very astute, uh, very educated, very careful buyer, I should say, lessor. Well, I think I mentioned to you this last week, it did happen to me. 
and the only and you, you know you said I was pretty sharp on it. And the only reason why it was, I had the four tourists that I have now, mm-hmm. and I hadn't planned on driving much back between New Jersey and Florida. I did a couple times, and I ran over like ten thousand miles. Right. So when I was talking to them, with the car and everything, and they you know they looked at there was some damage or you know, mm-hmm. some chips and paint. So I just like, well forget it. I'll, I'll buy the car. I mean, why should I do that? And but I just want to tell you, buying the car was as simple as could be because um, I, I don't remember how I got in touch. Whoever owned it, the bank or whatever, the finance company yeah. owned it. All I did was send me a bunch of papers. I filled it out, yeah. sent it back to them, and they sent me. I, I didn't remember what the interest rate. And they sent me a payment book, and it, it was like the simplest. It was yeah. easier than purchasing a, a Hershey bar. It was just you know, go in. Said, you know, fill out. They mailed the paperwork. Went back to them. Came back to me. Uh, signed it. And the next thing I know, I you know they gave me the you know the book and and I had the car. Sure. I just figured I'm not paying all those the, all that stuff. And you know the dealer kept calling me and said, "Well, do this." And I said, "Forget it. It's done already. Yeah. I bought the car. And you know, two years from now, you know, uh, maybe I'll you know sell it and lease another one or buy another one, which I still have the car anyway." Warren, but, you're I right. Yeah. That, you know, just, you're an educated consumer, and you got it figured out. You're you're 100 percent right. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. On the uh, on, you know, on, one last question: When you go in to lease a car, and you say like go with one dealer, two dealers, three dealers, how do you know you're going apples to apples? In other words, if you say, "Well, I want an Avalon," and they come to your place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, how much more gizmos would there be on each car? Uh, to say, well, you know, my car, you pay twenty dollars more a month because there's another button over here, and you need that button. I mean, like, how, how do you know? MSRP, match yeah. the MSRPs. Exactly, it's identical MSRP, and don't vary from that one dollar. Pick the year, make model car you want, and and then shop the MSRP with a lease with three different dealers. But be also hold constant that any down payment, any out of pocket expense. Be sure you hold that constant and the number of months. 36-month lease, you can't compare to a 48-month lease. So, miles. And also your mileage allowance, exactly. Because that affects the residual amount, which will affect the payment. Yeah. Well, the residual, as long as, yeah, as long as you're doing MSRP and all the other things are being held constant, the lowest payment uh, will get you the best deal. Thank you very much, right, Warren. Guys, thank you very much. Appreciate your call. I enjoy your show. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960 is the call-in number, audio, 877-960-9960. Text 772-497-6530. That's 772-497-6530. And we keep getting, we're, we get more callers today than we had in a long time. Yeah. Who's next? Well, We've got home. Richard from St. Paul, Minnesota. Wow, Minnesota. Hey, Richard. Hey, how are you? We're doing great. What's up? Great. Say, I'm looking to buy a uh, popular vehicle that's uh, not selling below the MSRP or actually above MSRP. Hmm. Is there any recommendation? Should I just wait until the thing dies out? It's uh, it's a Hyundai Palisade that's real popular now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any recommendations? uh, Do I just wait until uh, the end of the year or what? Well, you might have a problem with Hyundai because they closed the plant in Korea, and I'm not sure what the availability. Yeah, yeah not to be not to take advantage or be crass about the current situation, but uh, car sales might be slowing down <laughs> this yeah. month and next month because yeah. I would always wait. Um, I can't even think of 
any vehicle that I can that I can remember that was a hot selling car that was being sold over MSRP where that situation stayed very long. Usually it cools off and, you know, unless you absolutely had to get a car, you know, your car was totaled and you had no choice. Uh, there, I can't think of a reason to buy a car over MSRP. Richard, here's an example: is the Toyota Supra that came out a few months ago, and the prices that dealers were charging for the Supra were tens of thousands of dollars. Double MSRP. Uh, MSRP. Double the MSRP. And within three three months, uh, now they're being discounted sharply, and dealers have an inventory. We, of actually, we actually have a factory incentive on them now. Yeah, There's factory incentive. Thousand dollar rebate. So that's one of the most extreme examples when the the first guy that bought the Supra and walked in and paid $20,000 over a sticker, and now he can buy one for $500 over dealer cost. Uh, there's an example of how waiting on a high-demand, high low-supply car will pay you off in the long run. Okay, great. I'll just hang in there. I'm uh, surviving with what I've got, and I'll just uh, watch the, uh, you know, I'll just periodically check and see if they have any incentives and, and act on it when it, when it happens. Well, thanks, Richard. Call again. We love out-of-state callers, Minnesota. I don't think we've had too many Minnesota callers, no. so please call again. Okay, okay. we've got a you. We have a YouTuber here. Uh, we've got Banhammer fourteen eighty eight is asking: Can anyone make sense of this? A car listed as new, but a loaner at the dealership. And Rainbow actually answered, gave a partial good answer here. If the title hasn't changed hands then they probably consider it new. Once the title goes in a new name, it is used. Could you give a better explanation on that, Earl? I can't. That's a perfect explanation. It's unfortunate that there isn't a better legal uh, terminology for new and used. Uh, there should be, because you can have a new car with 100,000 miles on it if it's never been titled. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's just nonsense. So legally, there should be some uh, yeah. transparency. In Florida, uh, and I can't speak for Minnesota or any other state. In Florida, a dealer is supposed to uh, tell you when you take delivery of the car and have you sign a form acknowledging that this was a demonstrator or a loaner car or something else. But the title uh, will show a new car. Yeah, they, there's rules they got to follow to make sure that your warranty is not impacted. And uh, manufacturers, you actually report that vehicle to the manufacturer as a demo. And then on the buyer's order, in Florida at least, uh, you'll see at the top of every buyer's order there's three check boxes. One says new, one says used, the other says demo. Mm -hmm. um, if, it's not, if they mark it new and it has miles on it and it's not being handled by the rules, uh, you know, that's, that's not good. they got to follow the rules. Okay. You know, I think uh, the phones are quiet temporarily. Oh, we better jump on the text. <laughs> All right. We'll start with uh, uh, your anonymous feedback. Um, says, uh, the state of Cal Colorado, we got a caller? Right. Okay, let's take the caller. We, callers take priority because you don't want to wait too long. Sometimes we tie up the switchboard. Oh. The phones are burning today. Uh, David in North Palm Beach. Hey, David. Hi there. I have a question for Rick, please. Okay. I have a 2007 Solara. Car was parked for a week. I got it in, in it a week later, and the car does not go into gear. It, it did not leak fluid. The fluid is pink. It seems like it's an electrical problem. Can I have any answers there? Uh, the shifter moves, but the car will not. The shifter, correct. The car starts up, shifter moves. You can start it in any gear. So then you can start it in drive or reverse. Could this be the neutral safety switch? 
Uh, no, I'm going to say most likely it's your shift cable or something in the shifter has broken because the neutral safety switch is actually uh, down on the transmission itself. So if it can start in any gear, that means the shifter portion on the transmission is not moving even though the shifter inside the car is. Okay, makes a lot of sense. I think he answered my question. Appreciate it very much. Thanks for call, David, and please call again. Okay, we're going to get uh, get to the text now, I yeah. think. Yeah, back to this anonymous feedback. It says, the state of Colorado pulls ahead in the 21st century and will allow electric vehicle manufacturers without dealer franchises to sell directly to consumers. This is in Colorado. New, new law, it says. The caveat, caveat of the new law for 20th century car makers is that the manufacturer of electric vehicles must be a sole EV manufacturer without any gasoline or diesel cars in its past. The EV maker Rivian will be able to take full advantage and sell to consumers without the outdated dealer model. Thank you. And it's signed, Stu's Long Lost Son. Wow. It's you. Jeremy, let me tell you where something. have you been? I'm just let, let, me, let me say this. This is huge. Yes. And uh, I hope there are a bunch of car dealers listening it's out there. It's a crack in the dike is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah, this is a crack in the dike for sure. And I, I want to verify this. I, I accept it. It makes sense. It's a good thing. And uh, it's a kind of a double whammy. It's going to force some manufacturers to rush into being all electric sooner. And it's also going to allow the Tesla model uh, to take place in all the states. In fact, they'll even allow Tesla to open um, brick-and-mortar dealerships. I'm not sure how many they're going to want to open. Boutiques. But, yeah, whatever it would be. But okay. the, the reason that this is breaking news and so exciting and such good news for the consumer is that the car dealers today are grandfathered in with archaic franchise laws in all 50 states protecting them. They're bulletproof. Uh, a car dealer can get away with almost anything, and they do. And that's the reason car dealers do such a deceptive thing when they sell you a car or maintain or repair your car. And that's why Earl Stewart on Cars exists in fact, it's kind of sad because if this were the case all over, this show wouldn't exist. We wouldn't have to help you because when you bought a car, it would be like a Tesla experience, and which is I personally have experienced that. I never went through and actually bought it, but I've actually considered about buying a Tesla. And the whole experience is absolutely delightful compared to what you'll see in mystery shopping reports on this show. A little more like buying an iPhone than buying uh, exactly. a, a car, good, Ford or something. Good yeah. example. Okay. All right, moving along, more anonymous feedback. Uh, will you be closing your dealership to help our community stop the spread of the coronavirus? Uh, actually, we are not closing our dealership, but we have taken some measures to ensure the safety of our employees and our customers. Uh, what we're doing is uh, we are uh, paying all of our employees uh, if they feel they may have a cough or a temperature or anything that suggests they might have uh, the coronavirus, uh, they get full pay. So no matter whatever their average pay was last month or uh, whatever average we calculate, they get paid. They lose nothing by going home. No and disincentive to stay at the dealership. Erring on right. the side of safety. Because that's we, what's going on. I mean, sorry to interrupt. I'm saying that's the scariest thing is that yeah. when people facing a financial hardship, they they go to work anyway or they put themselves sure. in situations. So. Yeah, they feel like they have to. They're afraid, oh, which is worse, not being able to 
have a paycheck so I can take care of my family and buy groceries or risk uh, spreading the virus. Uh, also, we've taken kind of a extreme measure. Uh, we are also sending our customers home who are sneezing and coughing. Uh, we will not uh, service or sell a car to someone that is there with a uh, possible um, virus, coronavirus or otherwise. I know this is extreme and I apologize to my customers for this, but I think when our customers think about it, uh, they would rather protect the safety of our other employees and of our other customers. Uh, so we're just asking anyone with a, a cold or a flu of symptoms, please don't come into our dealership until they pass and or until we have a, a test for the coronavirus and that's imminent should happen very quickly and then lastly at our dealership what we're doing is we're having um, we have a full-time person going from you know door handle to door handle to a steering wheel to a keyboard to smartphone Desktop, we're wiping everything mice, down keyboard yeah yeah disinfectants we're wiping everything they make a circle they wipe it down they come back and they wipe it down again the cleanest so, place in town cleanest place in town and uh, we think as long as that works until our employees leave if we have everybody leaving because of flu symptoms then we will close but right. that hasn't happened so far we've only had two or three leave i believe yeah yeah, yeah. just just out of precaution okay the process is working 877-960-9960 is a call-in number, 877-960-9960, and the text number is 772-497-6530, that's 772-497-6530, and we still have anonymous feedback. Yeah, Good morning, Earl. I feel that your show is lacking a minor detail, the details of a car purchase progression. You mentioned reading consumer reports, obtaining three or four out-the-door quotes, and researching independent financing. That's at the start of the process. Then you mentioned the box and, the, and declining options, services, and arbitration. Is there something to watch out for in between? Is there something after the box to trap consumers? Thank you. After the box, that's uh, the finance and insurance department. Uh, that's pretty much it. I, I think that... Uh, one of the reasons we have Rick here is because of the hazards of maintenance and repair. And so after you buy the car and finance the car, then you have to maintain it. And we do talk on this show a lot about being sure that you only pay for factory-recommended maintenance, uh, that you do not uh, go with the dealer-recommended maintenance. So that's a hazard you have to watch out for. Uh, with the repairs, you have to be very careful uh, because you can be given a high price, just like on a car, shop and then compare prices on expensive repairs. And I think we have a very special caller right now. Is that uh, the right? Is that the same, Nancy? It is indeed. We have her back. Hello, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a question from uh, Bree, who's a long-time listener of the show, and uh, she read an article this past week. Uh, I was going to go ahead and text it, but it's a little too complicated. She more or less wants the stamp of approval from all of you, especially you, Earl. Mm -hmm. And uh, the article was from the USA Today, and it's uh, in regards to shopping website details, depreciation percentages, uh, and it talks about the five best-used auto deals broken down and this is from uh, IC cars 
And uh, what they did was take a national average price and uh, they, they and the decrease uh, mm-hmm. from uh, new to uh, year old, all mm-hmm. to, and it's all types of vehicles. And uh, the survey showed a decrease of 25.2 percent in the cost of that vehicle. Uh, do you know uh, anything about the article? Well, I have. Can you I, shed I some light on it? Yeah, I haven't read the article. Depreciation is an important fact to take into consideration when you're buying a used car. And uh, I go back to your favorite and my favorite uh, source, Consumer Reports. Uh, their, their used car buying guide is uh, the best thing uh, that you can come up with when you buy a used car. It takes into account the depreciation and all the other variables. Uh, you can have a car that had relatively low depreciation, uh, but they might also have other problems that uh, would be something you should take into consideration. If you see the top 10 used cars recommended by Consumer Reports, and they break it by, down by price class, you know, above 10,000, uh, below 10,000, uh, you know, 10 to 20, whatever. And you can really get in granular with a specific used car you want and search for one of those. But uh, depreciation is very important. Uh, um, I'll give you a good example. The Jeep uh, has um, very low depreciation. Uh, and you might say, well, that's a great buy. There's low depreciation because people love Jeeps, and there are not enough Jeeps to go around, and they tend to depreciate very little. But they're also unsafe, high maintenance, high insurance, and a lot of other negatives. So Concern Reports is the best source of picking out your used car. Yes, well, t- uh, to your um, comment about the Jeep Wrangler, um, it does show uh, that SUV having the smallest drop uh, percentage-wise. Uh, but as I said earlier, uh, Bree is really anxious to purchase a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I think what caught her eye, you know, was uh, the fact that there's some, you know, really good prices out there right now. But is the article valid? Uh, she talked about the biggest drop, and uh, that would be the BMW XS and the Land Rover, mm-hmm. uh, to mention a few. Yeah. So uh, I, I think that your uh, suggestion about the Consumer Report, which I agree with, is a great guide. And I think that she should just uh, forget the article from USA Today. Uh, and that article was from uh, Mark Phelan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the Consumer Report would be a much better idea. I thank you for your thoughts. Okay, Nancy. Thanks for the call. Stu had a comment. Yeah, uh, Nancy had mentioned uh, in the article, they mentioned this uh, a website called iccars.com. And um, I'm familiar with that a little bit. It's it's just a it's a car referral service, kind of like an auto trader or car gurus. And But there is always caution that we need to um, advise when, you, when you're looking at that. There, car gurus, uh, for example, is a competitor to auto trader. It's smaller. And they rate the price that um, is given to them by the dealers. And they'll say it's a great price, good price, fair price. Um, they do not take into a factor hidden fees. And so IC Cars does the same thing, and they will rate the cars a great deal, good deal, et cetera. Um, but you have to be a, an astute consumer and realize that most dealers are still going to add on hidden fees on top of that. So you, you need to ignore the, the, the rating on the price, so how, what, their opinion on it. Pretty important to take yeah. into consideration. And like I said, she's in a hurry to buy a vehicle. And this article just popped up at her. And, uh, you know, I think uh, you guys really answered the uh, the questions and the concerns that she has. 
Thanks so much. Thanks for the call, Nancy. I'll see you in about an Remember, hour. Remember, you can call <laughs> you can call eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. And please don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Stay tuned for that mystery shopping report. It's going to be a doozy. Thank you, now Nancy. Back to Stewart. Okay, we have a caller. Another caller. We've got David, originally from New Jersey, but now in Florida. Wow. Hi, David. Hi, how are you? Doing great. How you doing? Uh, very well, actually. Uh, I'm still from New Jersey, just vacationing in Florida. Well, good. <laughs> uh, my, my question uh, was regarding uh, residual. Uh, the residual is very important with regard to the final leasing price of a vehicle, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. And when it comes to the, uh, the end of the, the lease, now I, I remember in the past that I was able to negotiate if I wanted to purchase the vehicle at the end of the lease, mm-hmm. is that still a, a is that still a, a possibility uh, today or? No, or not anymore, David. That, that was that was a long time ago, and uh, we uh, right now it's, it's you have a specific option to purchase in the contract, and uh, they're closed end leases now. Yeah, closed end. Well, yeah, and uh, but even before. In the uh, in the uh, closed-end leases, there was a little bit haphazard about the way cars were bought and sold, and there were some lawsuits because the uh, less the leasing companies were accused of not honoring the um, the option to purchase. It's a long story, but it's really nailed down pretty hard now, and you have that one price in the contract. That's what you can pay, buy it for, but they also charge you a fee to exercise the option to purchase, so it's not nearly as good as it once was. Okay, and the residual, though, uh, when you're when you're negotiating a lease, they have some leeway with what the residual will be, and the higher the higher the residual, the lower the lease price. Am I correct in that? Thing? Yeah, they're using the residual now as a as a price discounter. If they're trying to push a particular model, like if they're selling a new car that's slowed down a little bit, uh, instead of a rebate or a discount uh, advertised, they, they bump the residual. Yeah, they'll enhance the residual yeah. and lower the rate. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a lot of uh, wheeling and dealing and leasing now, both by the manufacturer and the dealer, which makes it something that I always admonished people that want to lease, be very careful. You've got to really do your homework. You've got to be sharp. Uh, you've got to be tough. If you go in to negotiate a good lease price, it's twice as hard as to negotiate a purchase price. But it can still be done. And there are times, because so much emphasis is being put on leasing now by manufacturers and dealers, why? Because they make more money, both of them, that uh, your choices out there are greater with leasing. So you might be able to get a better deal if, if you lease a car if you're really tough, but it's also a lot harder to do. Well, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that uh, you really have to compare apples with apples and yes. oranges with oranges yeah. and visit s- several dealers. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, I, I, I consider myself a, a pretty good negotiator, but even after I negotiate the best price at one of the dealers 
and I sign all the contracts, and I walk out the door to my car. I say, "Okay, now how did they, how did they get over?" <laughs> <on me?" laughs> well, you know, you're better overly skeptical, and uh, yeah, every now and then, if you look at interesting, if you look at uh, the sales of uh, all the vehicles in a dealership for a month, uh, you can look at the same uh, model for that matter. The 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 profit the dealer make will vary by thousands of dollars. In other words, Tom Jones came in and he bought this uh, Honda Civic and they made $1,000. Uh, Mary Smith came in and they sold the exact same car the next day and they made $2,000. And a little old lady, and pardon the expression, I don't mean to be deprecating in any way, but disrespectful or whatever the word is, uh, they made $10,000 on the little old lady. Uh, it's a terrible system because the salespeople are commissioned and they're armed and trained to make as much money on every person that comes in the door. And the least sophisticated, the less educated, uh, the English language impaired, the very young, the very old, these are what I call victims. They come in and they're the ones that will pay the dealer a $10,000 profit on the same dealer, on the same deal that David, who is a sophisticated buyer, you'll go in and he'll make $100 on you. He'll make $10,000 on the grandmother and he'll make $100 on David. That is the way cars are sold. Okay, well, thank you very much for your answers. Thank, thank you, David. Appreciate the call. And I believe we have a YouTube. Well, it's kind of a continuation. Uh, Banhammer, 1488. Uh, he had to take a phone call, so he kind of came back with some more information here. Mm -hmm. He says, uh, 2,000 miles on a new Silverado, and he had to get the salesman to acknowledge that it actually wasn't brand new. And he says he's going to be lowballing them on Monday to see what's what. He says, also, I got that, well, that's why it's so low over the phone, smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. Please come into the dealer, and we may be capable of dealing face-to-face but not an email. Yeah, it's typical. You want to get them on the door. They don't, oftentimes, salespeople are ordered prohibited, and they can be fired for giving a legitimate price over the phone. Always you'll want to get them on the door, and that way you can play your smoke and mirrors game and uh, bump the price uh, thousands of dollars. On cars that have 2,000 miles, that is not a lot of miles on a new car. Uh, it's uh, and it will be added to the manufacturer's warranty, and you should be sure it is. Uh, if it's a demonstrator or even a service loaner, uh, and oftentimes a new car in stock will have miles on it. Thirty or forty percent of the vehicles that are sold today were not in that dealership you bought it from. Stock inventory, he got it from somebody else. Uh, our dealership is in North Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, we will get dealers cars from Jacksonville and from Orlando and from Tampa. So we'll have two, 300 miles on a car. It's fairly common. It is a new car that is taken into consideration when you buy it. So if it's a 36,000 mile warranty and it had 300 miles on when you bought it, you get 36,300 miles. Be sure they do that. But it is, uh, it is a fact that most, I, I don't ever remember selling a car with zero on the odometer. It's never happened. Never happened. they got to drive it off the truck. Exactly. Okay. So what, if Banhammer goes in and he's fighting for this silver, uh, Chevy Silverado, which you always say trucks have a bigger discount available that a consumer can fight for. Huge, yeah. With 2,000 miles on it, 
just a ballpark idea. What can he really expect to maybe get out of them? He isn't probably going to get anything out of them because it had 2,000 miles on it. He can use that as a focus. Yeah. But as far as the dealer's concerned, uh, especially if this is a uh, low-supply, high-demand truck and they only have two or three in stock, he's going to sell that one with 2,000 miles on it for as much or more than he'd sell one he with can. no miles. But he's probably more motivated to sell it um, because if there's other cars like it, another Silverado and a facing dealer, you know, so they, they definitely want it. They don't want that mi high mileage car to sell yeah. them a lot. So if you tell them that you have a, you're working a deal on a car that with no miles or less miles, 100 miles on it. Yeah. If, um, you're, if they, you're hung up on miles, which I don't think you should be that much, uh, as long as the car is pristine and there's no uh, road damage or anything like that to it, if it's if it's a real nice car and it's got 2,000 miles, you're going to get 36,000 38,000 30, 38, mile warranty. Uh, so, but the psychology of it, you, know, you get two identical cars side by yeah. side, one's got 2,000 miles, one has seven miles on it. Yeah. I think the guy with the higher mileage car is going to have to discount that car a little you bit more. Use that against the salesman exactly. and negotiate. Good. Another Sounds caller. like some good weapons. And we have Howard in Jupiter. Howard. Hello, Howard. Hello, Howard. Can you hear us? Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. And I hope uh, Nancy's doing better. She's doing better. She'll be in next week, I'm pretty sure. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. Okay, here's my question to you. Uh, this is concerning Toyotas, not your dealership, Toyotas in general. Uh, I noticed I have a 2017 Camry, and then there was, there was a, a new vehicle that came out, 2018, 2019 is practically the same, 2020 is practically the same. When will a real, uh, a real change be uh, uh, made to the Camry? I am told I'm that the 20, about, uh, you know, 2021. Top to bottom. I'm, I'm, I'm told 2021 is a, is a body style change. Uh, usually they used to do every five years uh, for the car um, total overhauls, and then they, they kind of accelerated that process. I remember we had the 2014 Camry, which is a new body style, then the 2014 and a half, because nobody liked the 2014. Uh, then the 2016, I think they changed it, and uh, so they've kind of sped it up to keep up with the times. Uh, you know, styles are changing, and so they got to stay fresh and new. But I think it's 2021 is when we're going to see the next redesign on the camera. Yeah. You have any idea what new features there will be in the uh, 2021? Uh, it's going to be a flying car. No, just kidding. I hope it. <laughs> no, we know that. Maybe no. amphibious. No, I don't know. Um, here's here's my 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 prediction is that we're going to see um, more um, technological features, some nifty stuff we haven't heard about yet. Um, probably better fuel economy and just a, a new styling is probably what we're going to see. Uh, maybe a, a little more power, smaller engine. They just kind of get more efficient and. Uh, uh, yeah, there'll be improvements. I mean, it'll it'll probably look a little bit different and. Uh, um, they might have. They might do more hybrids. You know, there's. A, they're trying to. Rick's got something. How about the wireless CarPlay for Google and Apple? Yeah, no, I, I really hope they, be... they better do that because there's one Toyota model that has the wireless CarPlay, and and not to go off on a total tangent, but the Apple CarPlay um, is the coolest thing. I think it's come down the pike for vehicles because after hist the history of like how terrible the infotainment systems are, Apple oh. CarPlay is. Horrible. Awesome. You still got to plug it in with a uh, with a cord to your phone, um, but there are more cars out there that will. In the future, it'll be more available where you don't even have to plug it in. It's, it just hooks with your phone, and it's it's, it's pretty neat. It'll be something. It'll be exciting. I promise you, Howard. Yeah. yeah. What is the story with the Supra? I have a nephew <laughs> that 
wanted to buy a Supra. I talked. I, I guess I talked him out of it. <laughs> Well, well, you know, it's interesting. It. Consumer Reports yeah. actually recommends it as yeah. a sports car. Yeah, they gave it a very high rating, yeah. and uh, it's just uh, supply and demand. You know, cars are, are not exciting anymore. Uh, you, you SUVs and trucks are exciting, and crossovers are exciting. Uh, These the sports cars are just not exciting, and you have a limited number of people. They were, they were the first time, you know, people that have to have the first vehicle on the street, and that population is diminishing so when the super came out this the price peaked and then it crashed i mean if you bought a car on speculation the supra uh you really cost you a lot of money there you can buy a supra dirt cheap now but it's a great little car i bought one yeah i i don't want to drive a supra because i don't it's hard for me to get in and out of you that's, know, that's, that's my workout routine. I so, can get in it, well, you but to, I can't get out well, again. You, well, you go to the gym, and that's how you work out. I work out by getting in and out of my Supra. Yeah, well, that's great work, <laughs> but I'm too old. Right. It's fun to drive. Yeah, I wanted to charge my nephew, uh, uh, I think, $1,000 over the MSRP. Nah, I, nah. I told him, forget about it. This is a year ago. You can buy it for cost uh, now. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, uh, they were doing that. Then, uh, you can buy below Brooklyn. cost now. I, I, yeah, I'm sure your dealership didn't do that, but they've been doing it in Brooklyn. Yeah. Really uh, hitting people. Because uh, it's the status thing in Brooklyn, you know. You would slick back hair and uh, yeah. all, all that stuff. We, we knew a dealer up in Virginia, Howard, who um, the general manager uh, priced it like uh, double MSRP, like $120,000. And then the, the news article came out, made national news, and the guy that owned the dealership flipped out and almost fired the general manager for embarrassing him. Yeah. But I'm sure if the news story hadn't come out, he probably would have patted him on the back if he sold it. <laughs> well, Howard, you probably heard about you. You probably know John Stalupi, know of him, um, and you probably heard that John Stalupi paid over a million dollars. Two point one million. Well, how much? Two point one million. Two point one million. That was a charity thing, though. Yeah, yeah, for the first super that came off the assembly line. Now, I guarantee you, he's not too excited about that right now. No, he got a tax write-off. It, yeah. it was a charitable <laughs> yeah, is contribution. It worth, is it worth uh, more money now since it's the first one? I doubt it. No. Well, maybe. I mean, I mean, how about the first Edsel? Maybe that'd be worth a lot of money. Yeah, I g- don't know. Give it, give it 100 years, and then, then it might be worth <laughs> it. <laughs> There's but, only one car worse than the Edsel. Yeah. The Yugo. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Remember the Yugo? I do. Well, yeah. I turned it down. Yeah, they, you almost had a franchise. You know, they, they asked me to take the Yugo franchise, and the Yugo guy came in, and, and in order to get the franchise, I had to buy in advance one year's worth of Yugos. You, you wanted to see how your checkered franchise was going to play and I, out. And I, I, laughed him, I laughed him out of my office, and he went over to the Dodge dealer on Okeechobee Boulevard, and he did it. And he became a Hugo dealer. So it's, uh, you know, you never know. Okay. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank Happy you, Howard. Night. Have a great one. 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Or text 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. We better catch up on these yep. texts. Uh, more anonymous feedback. This is a good one could be dangerous in your opinion earl what is the absolute worst in caps the worst car dealer in south florida and why gosh that's a tough one uh you know napleton comes to mind uh uh, greco let's greco greco uh roger dean's giving a run for the money (laughs) yeah i hate to pick on roger roger's uh, passed away years ago and his daughter is running the dealership there uh 
Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, let's not say worse. I think that's too, that's too judgmental. Let's say practices that we've uncovered that we find to be very consumer unfriendly run rampant yeah. at the Napleton and Greco dealerships. Yeah, Fuchillo yeah. over in Tampa. <laughs> yeah. And there's always, uh, you know, you just when you think you found, uh, listen to the Mystery Shopping Report that's coming up very shortly and tell me uh, if they should be a candidate because uh, so we've done them twice in a row and we haven't seen much improvement. Okay. Here's another one, a topical question. Uh, will hand sanitizer ruin the leather on my steering wheel? Let me answer this one. Okay. Probably not. Just don't let your hands dry thoroughly before you put it on there. Al yeah. uh, it does have alcohol in it, and alcohol yeah. will dry out. Yeah, we all got it. We each have our own little bottle. Here, look at I got. That was for the microphone. Yeah. Uh, disinfecting wipes. Um, no, it's got alcohol in it, so um, it will dry out um, leather and things like that. So just make sure if you put it on your hand, just let your hands dry before you grab your steering wheel. Yeah. Okay. That's my expert opinion. Um, we'll skip that one. What was it, insulting? And it we, was can, we we got to do the nasty ones. Just leave, just bleep out the... Well, it's not... No, this, all right. Amazingly, runaway Toyotas only seem to be owned by old people. So well, that's, I said, we got, we got to tell it like it is. And uh, we love selling Toyotas to old people because old people have the money and they are, they're nice. And they're smart. And, uh, they got experience. Yeah, so we'll have a... Old folks sale or something. Okay. Um, I think they're probably re referring to when, when Buddy had called and was talking about his, um, about his car and the, and the brakes. And um, that's, I don't think it's a fair comment to make. I think what happened to Buddy was scary, and, and it, it deserves to be looked into. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's another one. Um, I think Nancy might have sent this one in. You need a new theme song. Actually, no, that's not Nancy, because I think she picked that no, theme she song. She picked the theme song, right, yeah. She says, you need a new theme song, or whoever wrote this, you need a new theme song. If you want to attract female listeners, you're playing a, an aggressive, masculine, Western theme song. How about something empowering by a female artist like You Gotta Be by Desiree? Hmm. Well, we'll let I don't know that song. We'll talk to Nancy about that. She's in charge of the... Yeah. The other issue is the, is the trademark and copyright thing. Like, I think we still get... We get dinged on Facebook whenever we play the good and bad and the ugly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, who knows? Okay. Um, text. We have text coming in, too. Oh, this is kind of cool. So last week we had somebody on anonymous feedback say they got this incredible deal up in New Hampshire on a new Corolla. And I indicated I was skeptical about the deal. They, they, they I got. remember, yeah. So they said uh, their total effort was $21,999. Anyway, I had some back and forth, uh, friendly back and forth with the texter um, in, the, in the last week. And he sent me his buyer's order. And there was a mistake. He accidentally said it was uh, $21,999 out the door. It was actually $23,999. So it was a couple of thousand dollars higher. And in New Hampshire, um, they're taxed, um, sales tax exempt. Um, they also don't have the Southeast Toyota administrative fee, which all new Toyotas in our area in the southeastern United States have. That's $1,000. $1,100, yeah. And then the the regional rebate in our area is $500. Theirs is $1,500. So when we did all the math together, he got a fantastic deal. And i got to say, it's not practical, but if you want to buy a new Toyota, go move to New Hampshire. Because <laughs> it's really? I, mean, I have not seen a, a deal like that. I'm looking at bottom line. This guy is thousands less than you can get it down here in South Florida. Well, let's Florida. do that. Let's do some mystery shopping of Connecticut dealerships and uh, see what the prices are compared to the South Florida market. 
Okay. Well, I mean, you don't even have to do the mystery shop. You just take off the sales tax. That's going to save you over a thousand on every car. And, yeah. Yeah. But you got to be a resident to get the yeah, sales tax. Yeah. I, was, I was being facetious. Yeah. <laughs> don't really move there. It's not. You'll spend more money moving there. All right. Anne Marie texted us and says, "Good morning." There's an old rumor that cops tend to pull over flashy cars even if they aren't speeding. You know, the type, the cars that look like they would break the land speed record just standing still. Kind of like my car. Do you know if that's true? I think it's true because it's human nature. Uh, I know how I feel when I'm on the road. And uh, I, I, you know, for, I got this thing against BMW drivers. And they all seem to drive, that's what I drive. recklessly and fast. And every time I see a BMW, my blood pressure goes up a little bit. It's purely irrational, and it's probably stupid. You know, but I think cops are human beings, and we all react to the cars that people drive. I don't like people that drive um, um, Bentley convertibles. I don't know why. Yeah, and if you're and if you're driving one, we don't want you listening to the show either. That's right. You're right. not welcome here. That's right. <laughs> I, I was planning on getting one of those. But uh, there's only am, I wrong, am I wrong about this? Let's be honest about that. When you're on the road, you have you look at people. People are identified not only as themselves, but what they drive. Yeah. Yeah. And I have a, I have a feeling. Uh, certain cars I, I, I feel warm and fuzzy about. Yeah. And other cars I get angry. What, what, what do you feel when you see somebody driving a Mini Cooper? I, I, I feel like they're dumb. Oh, my God. You know your controller drives one of those. <laughs> I, I, I just think, Sean, why would if I, you're listening, yeah. please don't be offended. Yeah. This, is, this is called infotainment. That's yeah. what we're doing here. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have another text saying, Earl, will your dealership remain open during the outbreak? We've already answered that question. The answer right. is yes, and we're keeping it clean. Um, good morning, Earl and company. This is Ben in Pennsylvania looking to clarify the tire pressure monitoring Can I say system. something? Can I editorialize sure, on sure. that last question? Read it again. Uh, Earl, will your dealership remain open during the outbreak? Well, of course, you answered it. We are going to remain open, and we're doing it because we're taking extraordinary cleansing um, steps. But the biggest thing that we're doing, and if we have any federal or state or any officials, we need to have help small businesses we're getting it to subsidize they passed it last night the house passed it's going to the senate it's but i don't believe it is for i don't believe it's for a, an employee who th- who feels uncomfortable about no. their symptoms no it's if you have it if you have it i don't think that's a way to do it if you have it if you have the coronavirus the federal government may is saying is taking steps to come in and pay that person to stay home. Well, actually, reimbursing employers. Reimbursing yeah, employers. What you should do is, and this is the federal government and the state and anybody, you should be able to let an employee, if they have the symptoms, even though they don't know they have it, to tell them to stay home at full pay because that will break the cycle of the infection. Uh, If everybody that sneezed and coughed and had a temperature did not come to work and were paid 100% of what they normally make, they'd have no incentive to violate that. They would go home and there would be no exposure. Rick? I got just two thoughts on it. The first one is that might also be worth expending to include, say, if my wife tested positive for coronavirus obviously the contagious factor is extremely tight we live in a small house so there'd be a very good chance if that i would then get you it. would want to go to work because you wouldn't want to be around well, your that wife too well he does that anyway I, 
It's good. It's oh, joke. Them jokes, them jokes. Comes hey, there is something, by the way, and I, I haven't really read the details, but in that legislation that's likely going to get signed, uh, signed into law, it did have um, actually like fi- a Family Medical Leave Act, FMLA, well, it mm. allows you to keep your job if you have to leave or take okay, your Let's move along. We're going well, to real quickly. Yeah, that's important. Well, the, the only other thing that I mentioned was They're gonna, it's going to be paid family medical yeah. leave, is what I'm yeah. trying to tell you, Rick. Testing needs to be made available yeah, okay. immediately. Yeah, okay. Let's, uh, Good morning, Earl and Company. Get to a non question. This is Ben in Pennsylvania looking to clarify the tire pressure monitoring system instructions. First, and always make sure you read your owner's manual because not all cars use TPMS the same way. To prove my point, I undertook a quick research project this week and went through a few online 2020 owner's manuals. Honda Accord and Civic still use indirect TPMS, and their manuals give specific instructions on how much the vehicle must be driven after the TPMS set button is pressed in order to learn the setting. Ford, Mazda, Ram, Kia, Dodge, and Subaru use a direct TPMS, don't have a set button. Rick is correct. Toyota uses direct TPMS and does have a button to set the tire pressure level. I only check popular models for these makes, so please read the manual in case your model is different. Thank you for that input, and let's move to the next question. Okay, that was my plan all along. I think Buddy asked all the questions a new car buyer could possibly ever need answered. And by the way, Buddy was a caller that we had earlier in the show. Uh, By the way, I called last week with my questions regarding new seat covers for my 27 Camry. Got a call back from Martin and Parts Department. Same day, he explained to me my options and expected costs involved. We got them ordered, and here I am one week later enjoying my new seat covers. What a great job of customer service and satisfaction. Mark and Palm Beach Gardens. Thank you. Uh, Good morning, Earl. Steve from New Jersey. I'm waiting for the delivery of my factory order car. Upon delivery, if the dealer finds a scratch on the car and repairs prior, prior to me taking receipt, are they obligated to inform me of this repair? Also, if the car was damaged in this manner, should the sales price be discounted? Lastly, can I reject delivery delivery if the car was repainted? Great Thanks. question. Uh, states have different laws. Uh, state of Florida has a law that if you have damage on a car greater than 1% of the uh, MSRP, then you have to disclose it. Um, I would say that if the car had a scratch on it and you ordered it and it came in and had a scratch, you would have a right to decline it. Uh, And I think that uh, if they paint it, uh, there is a risk, depending on the scratch, um, that it could devalue the car. Uh, Anytime a car gets painted, uh, for any reason, uh, it has less value than a car that's never been painted. That's a sad fact. You can have a car that has the best paint job that you've ever seen, and it looks like it's brand new, or maybe better than brand new, but when you put a paint meter on it, which is a device that measures the thickness of the paint, the person who appraises that car is going to say it's been repainted, even though it might have been a spot, and he will devalue the car. So if I were buying a new car that I ordered and there was a scratch on it, I'd say, I don't want that car. I want one without a scratch on it, even if you painted it. But the dealer would not be required to tell you that it had been repainted, and that's a sad fact. Yeah, it's a shame that the average consumer doesn't have access to the paint meter that we use mm-hmm. when we appraise cars. Good point. Because that would give it away. Actually, you know what? It could save you a ton. I mean, I think they're about 100, 100 bucks or so to get a paint meter. You'll probably mm-hmm. get it online. What's the official name? Do they call them paint meters? Or? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could Google that. Yeah. Okay, next. Rick, you got anything? Uh, the Carsis Coating Thickness Gauge paint meter, basically, 
Available on Amazon, $120. Uh, the red one is $130. And they have some cheapy models here for like $17. But I think I would probably go with one that's going to be a little better quality. But yeah, I'm seeing one right on here right now at five stars. Five reviews only, but it's five stars. But 120 bucks for a painting. Yeah, think about it. 120 bucks could save you thousands in a in a loss that you'd get on an appraisal when you trade that car in. And it would be a great negotiating tool. You come in, you're looking at the newer used car, you whip out your paint meter, and the salesman's jaw drops. Right. Throw a fit on the on the showroom floor. So we, we, you weren't going to tell me this. <laughs> that and you oh, go, that would scare them. You go around the car yeah. and say, okay, based on. My findings, I'm going to offer you $1,000 less than you're quoting me. That would be really funny. Can you imagine the look on a used car manager's face if yeah. you saw customers wandering around the used car lot with a paint meter? I got a great idea. Agent <laughs> Thunder, we'll get them a paint meter. We got them. Oh. This will be hysterical. I got one in my pocket right now. Yeah. Mystery shop. We're going to mystery shop somebody with a paint meter. That's great. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> earlier Warren called in and was asking about with the difference between an Avalon and a Lexus. And... I just had the thought popped into my head that, well, when you get right down to it, a Corvette, which is like the golden star American sports car, mm -hmm. is nothing but a Chevrolet. Oh, if, you, if you're really just calling them names and you're just looking at the well, name. But, but it is a Chevrolet. A Corvette is a Chevrolet. I know. It is a Chevrolet. But it's, you know. It's a Chevrolet Corvette. But that's that's when you're looking at names and you're saying, well, yeah. I have to have a certain car because of a name. Yeah. Well, okay. But, you know, what's in a name? Yeah. yeah. A rose it, is a rose. You know, in the rose. biz sometimes, back on the paint meter, we, we do call it a mild gauge mm -hmm. when we want to be fancy. Yeah. Okay. We got a, we can take a couple more texts yeah. here. I think we'll get caught up because we're yeah. almost done. Uh, good morning, Earl. I just had struts put on my 2007 Honda Accord. When is it necessary that I have shock absorbers replaced? Hmm, I don't know, uh, Rick. Very simple test. Uh, go to the front of your car and the back of the car. Basically, just put your knee on the bumper or your hands. Push the car up and down and get it towards bouncing up and down a little bit. And then step back. If your car continues to bounce more than once or twice up and down, it's time for new struts or shocks. Hmm, I like that. I've seen people do that before. I yeah. never, yeah. It's called a jounce test or a bounce test, uh -huh. and it's basically your the springs actually control the the height of the car and let the car bounce up and down, and the shock absorber simply slows and controls that bounce. What what make car was this? <laughs> it was an Accord. Sorry. What what year make was this? I uh, didn't say. Uh, or is it oh seven maybe? Uh, Two thousand seven Accord. So what what is the life of a set of shocks on what what make was it? Uh, a Honda Accord. Honda Accord. I, it's going to depend on the car and your driving habits and where you go with it. I've seen sh my 97 Tacoma that I had, I put 270,000 miles on it and never needed shocks or struts. Yeah. That's what I thought. They lasted a, a long, long time. A but, lot of cars, they'll yeah. last the life of the car. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. so. I have a correction to make, by the way. Um, it, it's not called a mill gauge. Um, that was misinformation passed along by my brother. Um, hmm. It is not called a mill gauge. Don't try to buy one. All right, moving along. Bob texted us um, in response to the um, somewhat abrasive comment that we got on anonymous feedback about the old people. It says, just to know, old, older folks, no value. And that is absolutely true. Well, it's, uh, I tell you what, I'm not saying this because I'm an old guy, but we find that uh, the older people are far more sophisticated buyers 
and inform buyers. And uh, we, we have a high population of older people in Palm Beach County, and there are, you know, they're the preferred buyer as far as I'm concerned. It's the school of hard knocks. Yeah. You yeah, learn right. through your experience. Yeah. That's right. Um, we are all caught up with our text and anonymous feedback. Well, fantastic. And now we have a very interesting mystery shopping report. Mm-hmm. And again, I say, I think I didn't cover this as I usually do at the beginning of the show. This is something that no other radio show, TV show, anybody does. We actually go undercover and we have a great, great mystery shopping person. And we use other people too. Agent Thunder is our primary uh, mystery shopper, but we use female shoppers and uh, we use different people. We, we actually have uh, teams go in, husband and wife, even children come in to mystery shop. So when we go into a South Florida car dealership, they can't tell by the looks of the folks coming in there who they are. And they don't know that they're not going to buy a car in reality. Disguises. We use disguises sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. So we mystery shopped Southern 441 Nissan. For you folks who have been around for Palm Beach County for a while, they used to be called Royal Palm Nissan. And they were bought out by a man named Terry Taylor uh, a few years ago. What, a couple of years ago, maybe. One month ago, we investigated Southern 441 Nissan for an ad they ran promising a very low lease payment for a new 2020 Nissan Rogue, just $128 a month. We analyzed the ad and had a pretty good idea what the catch would be before we ever visited Southern 441 Nissan. There are specific things that we look for in lease ads, the first being the total amount of money required in signing. And this is always hard to find and figure out, and it's always in the fine print. This amount should include the down payment and all taxes and fees. We also look at the contract term, 36 months, 48 months, 24 months, and the miles allowed vary from, I saw one ad a long time ago that actually only allowed 5,000 miles a year, and it was 50 cents for an overage. I haven't seen that since, but 7,500 is not uncommon. 10,000 is common, and 7,500 is, I don't think they, do they do 10,000? I've seen 10,000. 10,000, yeah. yeah. So you've got to know what your mileage allowance is, and you can't see it because it's in the fine print. And the lower the mileage allowance, the likelihood, the more it's going to cost you. It'll hit you with 15, 20, 25 cents a mile, and as high as 50. Anything you save in the payment. Yeah. You'll give it up. In that case, we suspected the catch was a large amount of money due at signing, and it always is. Even the manufacturer's ads, I might say, which you would think that General Motors and Honda and Toyota, when they advertise on television and they say $199 a month coming from Honda or Toyota, and in the fine print on the TV that you cannot read, you don't know what it's going to be. I saw a Brayman ad one time that had $20,000 down payment in the fine print. $20,000. So even even on the manufacturer ads, when they have the out-of-pocket, the dealers will add more to that. I mean, they'll be, because the fees aren't included. Oh, sure, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Uh, Taxable fees, non-taxable fees. When Agent Thunder went in, he confirmed this was indeed the catch. 
As a matter of fact, his salesman Lloyd addressed, this is the previous shop I'm talking about, salesman Lloyd addressed this right up front. As soon as Agent Thunder mentioned the offer in the ad, Lloyd immediately informed him that uh, the payment would require some money down plus fees. Yeah. Uh, you know, so some. they're trained, yeah, some. They're trained uh, because they know that the advertisement is bait and switch, and they start to diffuse the explosion right away when you come in by, oh, I told you there would be some money down. Yeah, but they downplay it all. To get that payment, yeah. Uh, things unraveled from there. The ad car wasn't even there in the previous shop. Lloyd and his manager, Sal, tried to switch vehicles and advised the actual payment would vary from the offer in the ad about $15 we like a month. It vary. It's not going to vary down. It's going to vary up right, at yeah. about $15. Yeah. And that's a lot of money on a lease, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And that's why was, leases are what's, popular. What's 15 times 36? We're all payment buyers. Everybody's a payment buyer. Uh, we, we, we make our monthly mortgage payments, our light bill, uh, our water bill. Everything's monthly payments, our car payment. We don't think in terms of price or true cost. We think, of, now, obviously, $220 a month doesn't sound like a lot of money. For 12 months... It's not a lot of money, but for 60 months or 72 months, it's a lot of money. And you don't ever see the, the term. It's all smoke and mirrors. Finally, Southern 441 Nissan, the previous shop, Mystery Shopping Report, would not provide anything in writing. Agent Thunder was told that an IT issue, internet technology issue, was preventing them from being able to print any sales documents. They promised to email me the numbers, but the numbers never came. Nope. Never came. We vowed to return and honoring our promise. Targeted Southern 441 Nissan again this week. They're on uh, Southern Boulevard, right? Correct. West, uh, out near 441. Way out in the boonies. F yeah. from, uh, from our perspective. Exactly. From, from their perspective, we're in the boonies. <laughs> exactly. Once again, the vehicle advertised was a 2000 new 2020 Nissan Rogue. But now the payment was just $94 a month. Keeps getting better. So it was $128. They, they dropped it. Yeah. They, they, they lied about the $128. Now they're lying even more about the $94 a month. You know, when you go so low, don't you think that people say this is silly? I mean, what if you said $1 a month? Yeah, I think we did that we one did, time. We, no? did. we, we, we ran did. an we ad had, in the hometown news. It is new, new, new Toyota's $1, but we said we charged a $27,000 dealer fee. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> just the, to make a point. The, it was, yeah, per, it was performance art. It wasn't for real. Exactly. And just, uh, and just last time, the fine print indicated a sizable amount to pay a sign, just like the last time. Uh, before reading the fine print, I have to point out that this was possibly the most difficult fine print to read. Tiny, blurry, black print on a dark textured gray background was partially obscured by the web ads, navigation slider, images, white dots. Yeah, I'm gonna hold it up, it won't mean much to see. And, and by the way, that's that's on that page, it's, it's blown up a little bit. When I was yeah. looking on the actual um, web page I got it from, I mean, I'm not a young guy, but I, I have yeah. pretty good eyes. I no, can read it. <laughs> yeah, I can read it. I can. Uh, it read plus tax, title, license, and $899 dealer fee. They actually called it a dealer fee there. It wasn't. They didn't call it a dealer fee on the worksheet. Um, no, they called it a duck. So it's funny. They call their own fees different names depending on where you're looking. I think it's, these are standard disclosures that they copy and paste. And I guess. Yeah. 
Then it also said, the blurry, unreadable fine print, $3,888 due with signing, 12,000 miles per year, zero security deposit required. They all say zero because it sounds good. Zero security deposit. I think it's required. I, I think, oh, do yeah, they? I do think that's like there's a legal thing you have to say whether there is or not. I haven't seen a lease ad with a security yeah. deposit. No, no. I mean, I haven't seen a, a lease that requires one. Yeah. In the past, if you had like a credit issue, they would let you put down security yeah. deposits yeah. to get approved. But, so but I think it's required to say that, though. It may, so that shows how, on top of things, our state government is. Yeah. It's required to say zero to security deposit when nobody is charging security deposits. It's obsolete. Yeah. Passe. With approved credit, must finance with Nissan Motor. See dealer for complete details. That says everything. That's anything. Everything we said means nothing. See the dealer for the well, details. Well, the details are is the uh, payment is really yeah. uh, three hundred dollars a month. And the offer expires on April second, two thousand twenty. So there it was the big out of pocket, which was not inclusive the of the big dealer fee, and which didn't include other hidden fees. Since Agent Thunder had been there recently, we gave him two cover stories. Very good. Uh, he could use either one, depending on the situation. And you have to got to be fast on your feet, right? Mm-hmm. And Agent Thunder is fast yeah. on his feet. By the way, he had a he had a baby last night. You mean his wife had a baby? Well, they had a baby. That's he didn't birth the baby personally, but I'm glad. And I, uh, a, ma- a boy or a girl? It's a boy. Boy. Mazel tov. Oh, they knew that yeah. already. Yeah. Okay. Here's the first undercover scenario, depending on the circumstances. If he sees Lloyd, that was the salesman that he saw the first time he missed his job, he's returned to try again to lease a new Rogue and is super excited to see an even lower payment advertised. And this is assuming, of course, that Lloyd wasn't watching the radio show. Well, we take chances here. There's a certain amount of risk that we do. Scenario two, if he doesn't see anyone from the first Mr. Shop, give his real name and proceed as new. His real name, he, you know, we used a phony name the first time. So... Um, Speaking in the first person as if I were uh, Mr. Thunder. I arrived at Southern 441 Nissan in the early afternoon. Place was dead. Nothing compared to the scene last month. I walked into the showroom and looked around. No Lloyd was in sight. No Sal, the manager. Uh, I was greeted by Richard. And I launched into the scenario two uh, cover story. I told him how excited I was to see a new car payment under $100. Richard was enthusiastic to help me and suggested we get started. We sat down at the desk. Richard asked to see my driver's license. He used it to enter my info into a computer. He asked me to uh, uh, ask me some more questions and for my phone number and email address. It just occurred to me about this um, driver's license thing. Is there anything in the privacy laws that prevent car dealers from taking all that information on a driver's license and using it in some way. I don't think so. Um, there's not, you know, obviously there's no uh, social security number, um, but as far as conducting a transaction, you would definitely will need a uh, an address and a name. Yeah. So I think it's okay. We talked about the ad. Richard, just like Lloyd, began by advising me that the payment required some money down. Real quick, though, they are obligated under law to protect that information, though. Yeah. They can't let that leave lay down on a desk. So if they make a copy of a driver's license, they can't leave it out. It has to be under lock and key. And probably most car dealers don't adhere to that very well. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, and it was on the base model. Uh, he assured us we'd be able to to find the one that I like for a great payment. I told Richard that I was I was fine with the base model and said something 
uh, about new cars being very well equipped these days, and they are. I mean, base models used to be stick shift, uh, no air conditioning. You're still going to get power locks, no radio. windows, yeah. all that. So. Yeah, you get base models, not a bad deal today. Richard said he would do his best to get as close to the ad, but I should expect the payment to vary some. Of course, we know which way yeah. it'll vary. Same word, too. I mean, isn't it amazing? You just, you come in on it. Can you imagine going in to buy a refrigerator? And you go in and you say, I want that GE refrigerator that you advertise on television. And the first thing the salesman says, well, we'll try to find you one close to that price. Yeah. Uh, they just, you know, no other industry retail retailer would dare say that the advertised price, naturally, we're, well, naturally, we're not going to be able to sell you the car at that price, but we'll try to come close. I was fascinated that two different mystery shops, one month apart, two different salespeople, they use the same word. The, the payment may vary. That was, I'm just yeah. picturing the sales yeah. meeting. Now repeat after me. Payments may vary. Yeah. <laughs> Payments right. may yeah. vary. Yeah. I waited for Richard to get the card and for us to drive. He came back, reported that it was up front waiting for us with the air conditioning cranking. The test drive was entertaining, informative. Richard gets credit for good salesmanship. He made me want to buy from him, although the $1,973 addendum on the car kind of killed my buying mood. Did you see the what was listed on that addendum, what, what that $2,000 is, is buying? I didn't look at it in detail. Door edge and cup guard, window tint, leather guard, fiber guard, and paint guard. Mm. Lots of guard. And that whole package is probably worth about $150. Uh, the the window tint might be if it's a good quality window yeah. tint. The rest of it's worth zip. Nineteen hundred seventy three for let's be generous five hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, being very generous. Back at the dealership, I was given the trial close. Richard wanted to know how I liked it. If I'd like to take it home with me, I said I think I might while pretending to suppress a smile. Richard asked me how much I was willing to put down. He said, to get the ad payment, I would need something in the neighborhood of $7,000. Now, remember, we responded to an ad that all you could see was a monthly payment. And $3,800 yeah. in the pocket. And uh, here we are. He's doubling it. Yeah. Um, I pretended to be shocked. I don't know why he pretended. He should have been shocked. <laughs> well, he knew what was going on. I know. He knew the other four I was, know. was coming I said down. I was hoping to keep it under $4,000. I mean, I knew I was going to get screwed, but I didn't know I was going to get screwed that bad. Yeah. So Richard said he would uh, print out some options for me. Uh, no IT issues today. Computers were working on the shop. He printed a worksheet, worksheet for me to review. Uh, the right side broke down the purchase options, and the left side had a grid that showed lease payments and various down payments. Uh, almost like a four square kind of a nonsense thing. The purchase option showed a huge $6,950 discount off the MSRP of $25,530. But when the 1973 addendum amount, and that was for what Rick just itemized, uh, window tin and fabric guard and leather coat and nonsense, maybe a $500 value, $1,973 addendum was added. Then they added... $345.50 in taxable fees, another name for a dealer fee yep. or a hidden fee, and $899 in dock fee, which is a dealer fee or a hidden fee. So the hidden fees are $1,200, $1,300, and the, and the dealer-installed accessories or the addendum, the uh, under overpriced, undervalued uh, addendum sticker, 
Uh, we're at it before something called, oh, but wait, there's more. A worry-free, worry-free lease. Worry-free lease in the amount of $1,699 was added. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, they have it all. The hidden fees, the non-taxable fees, and the worry-free lease, and the nonsense addendum label. Royal Palm Nissan has it all. <laughs> to quickly recap, Richard discounted MSRP by $6,950, but then added back 4916 before sales tax and tag fees. The lease matrix on the left side of the worksheet wasn't any prettier. With a $39.99 down payment, the monthly lease would be somewhere between $244. Right, come on. <laughs> What, what did we come in on? $194. $94. I came in on $94. Well, you came in $94 a month with $38.88 out of payment. Yeah. Now it's got the same amount, and now it's three times the amount. And then, if you want to get the payment down, $4,999. Can we call that $5,000? Mm-hmm. Round it off. It would be $215 to $225. And the five thousand was six thousand dollars down. It'd still be double the. The average. payment would be one eighty six to one ninety six, and that's a range. They're not even giving you. Yeah, more uh, than double. Yeah, yeah. More than double the ad payment. Yeah, double. Of course, as uh, none came close to the ninety four dollar ad payment, the bait, the bait, ninety four dollars a month. Even the option, with thirty nine ninety nine down, close to the thirty eight eighty eight required the fine print. The payment was one hundred and fifty dollars more than the ad payment. Not even an attempt to to be anywhere close. That sure did vary. Yeah. <laughs> I pretended to yeah, big vary. I pretended to ignore the inclusion of the nineteen hundred and seventy three dollar addendum, but I asked about the worry free lease. Richard said it was a good idea to include it as it would protect me from charges most lease customers incur. He also pointed out I would make this, I haven't seen this before. You ready for this? For the worry-free lease, he was asking me to make bi-monthly payments that would match my paycheck deposits. I said that wasn't necessary. Yeah, that's the smart payment plan. You can see it on the yeah. picture of the buyer's order. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're actually willing, they're going to they're gonna go after your paycheck the minute it hits the bank and knock out the uh, worry-free lease. I asked uh, Richard if he could hold the car for me a couple hours. He said he would. I thanked him and said I was going to bring my wife back with me as soon as I, as she got off work. So, as we suspected, and just like our last visit, the ad was pure bait-and-switch, probably the greatest bait-and-switch we've mystery shopped in a long time. Age of Thunder got a taste of just about everything the worst of the car business has to offer. Deceptive advertising, salesperson misdirection, huge addendums, and extremely uh, valueless uh, products for the addendum, huge hidden fees, and unwanted insurance products being slipped in. Um, I've got some pictures here of the ad. Um, verifies exactly what I said about the fact that you can't read anything. And... Uh, You've got the addendum. I'm going to hold the addendum, uh, which is just, as you look at it on the screen, just to the left of the Moroni label. And you can see how they tried to phony up the addendum 
who looked like it was part of the Monroney. That's the reason we call these addendums phony Monroney's. They counterfeit the Monroney label, which is a federally mandated sticker. And uh, the logo and everything, the font, the color, is made to make you think that the this is the this is the phony Monroney, and that's the real Monroney, and they have them side by side. So you really think it's the MSRP, but it is not. Okay, I, I don't want to prejudice this by saying what I think of the shopping report. So let's get an idea of some of the votes that we have so far. We have uh, William on Facebook gives him an F, and then another William, a different William on text gives him an F. We have a Lisa with an F, a Mary with an F, and a Bob with an F. I think that's a consensus. I'm failing them. Bad job. Bad yeah. job. Yeah. Rick? I've got Jose Huertas with a very big F, Ed Overdyke with an F minus, and for me, F. Well, I know Nancy is home with her foot up in the air. And the uh, boot on her foot. Uh, did she vote? She's putting the boot. All right, I'll, I won't go there. Uh, I'm sure I know what she's going to say. She's going to And Linda on Facebook gives them a big, fat, huge F. Oh, my goodness, she says. Yeah, we have a YouTube vote. Actually, we have one other question, if we can squeeze it in, if you think, after we finish. Oh, okay, let me, uh, let, me, let me give my vote as an F. And I, you know, if you listen to the show regularly, I always struggle with Fs. Because I hate to put somebody on the do not buy list. Because you're a nice guy. But with this kind of behavior, uh, I would highly recommend you buy your Nissan other other words anywhere besides a, a Southern 441. That is a terrible report. I don't know how many choices you have, but uh, I would stay away from Southern 441. And if you're Southern 441 Nissan is listening, you really ought to um, get your act together and uh, not advertise and bait and switch like that. Uh, we're going to shop you again, and we will embarrass you again unless you change. What you're doing is illegal, it's unfair, it's deceptive, and it's terrible. And uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left. Can we do the YouTube question? Uh, real quick, it's George Lindsay is asking, which car is the better buy based on safety and reliability, a 2019 Accord or the Camry? I'd have to look at Consumer Reports. I honestly don't know. They're probably close. I'd say, I'd say close. Yeah. I give Camry uh, the edge, though. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> but they'll look at Consumer Reports, and they'll tell you real, very simply uh, which is the safest. And uh, it could well be the, the Honda because yeah. uh, they build a great car, and Toyota also builds a great car. You know, sometimes you just have to go with the car you like as long as they're all recommended. Coke and Pepsi. And CHJ229 says, Earl, do you ever mystery shop your own dealership to see if they're doing what you preach? Every week. Every week. We, uh, we try to shop it at least two or three times a week. And thank you all for joining us. And by the way, we get some bad shops, too. And we counsel and coach the salespeople when that happens. Because even a good honest dealership can have a rotten apple in the barrel. That's right. Thank you very much for joining us at uh, Earl Stewart on Cars. And we hope uh, Nancy Stewart, we believe Nancy Stewart, will be back with us next week. So it's another good reason to tune in, all you ladies out there. And uh, we'll see you next Saturday between 8 and 10. Bye-bye. Stay safe.